VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com, and it's great to be back again uh, for another week. I'm, I'm delighted to have a show uh, today uh, about bouncing back with impact. Um, but firstly, what I'd like to do is just say uh, thank you to my guest last week, Steve Siebold. Uh, Steve was talking to me about mental toughness. And, you know, amazing, when you've played tennis, as Steve had, against the likes of Bjorn Borg and Andre Agassi and Rod Laver, then what a great foundation to build your career talking about mental toughness. There was some great content on there. So if you're not listening to it, do um, listen to that show and, and find out all about it. Now, I'd also like to say uh, a hello to someone that I'm proud to call a friend. Uh, he's the former world champion boxer Billy Schwer. Now, if you ever get the chance to see Billy speak, which I did again last night, uh, then do take the opportunity to see him because he's absolutely amazing. And, and to me, a really great, pure example of mental toughness again at the most physically challenging level. Um, next week, we'll also follow the theme of mental toughness and world-class performance with the ultramarathon world record holder, um, Andy McMenemy. Now, Andy ran 66 ultramarathons in 66 days in 66 cities, no less. Uh, and also we've got with him the friend, a friend of the show, the sports psychologist and world-class performance expert, Simon Hartley. So uh, do join us for that show as well. So let's talk about bounce-back ability. Now, like Billy Schwer, who suffered many physical knocks as well as emotional ones on his journey to becoming a world champion boxer, ups and downs, they, they occur, don't they, in our, in our working lives. You know, your working life might be ticking along nicely and suddenly life just throws you on an unexpected punch or curveball. Maybe you lose a loved one, your main customer, maybe you get sick or perhaps you suddenly find you've run out of cash and you go bankrupt. Whatever it might be, the ability to take stock and bounce back quickly becomes critical for your business and your future. Also, how do you behave if this happens to you or happens to one of your team? Now, my guest today is Vinay Palmer, and interestingly, uh, Vinay and I met several years ago when we attended a speaking workshop by Steve Siebold, no less. Now, Vinay tragically lost his mum his mother, on his wedding day to a lethal strain of meningitis. And it was the first in a, a series of curveballs that life was to throw at him. Now, I'll never personally forget the day when, not knowing about Vinay's story, we both uh, decided to help each other with some practice in our my living room, actually. Uh, uh, we were practicing some of our speaking material, and he told his story to me for the very first time. So he's going to share a little bit of that with you first. 
You know, today, inspired by his challenges, Vinay is a sought-after inspirational speaker. He helps people deal with a sudden change in life and business more effectively so they quickly move forward and turn around their performance. He calls it bounce-back ability. He's published his inspiring moving story in his book. It's called A Passage to India. 50% of the profits go to charity. And his story's been shared both on national TV in the United Kingdom and also in national newspapers. So a big welcome to Vinay Palmer. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? It's a great pleasure to have you on the show. And let's hope our voices hold out as we're both uh, pretty croaky today. <laughs> yeah, it's a good old British weather. <laughs> <laughs> as I said to you, um, if anyone can bounce back from it quickly, uh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Now I've got that label. That's what uh, keeps coming out. I've got to keep bouncing back from all this stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you know you're going to get it, don't you? You know you're going to That's get it, it. Uh, as, as your daughter gets older at the dinner table. Well, Dad, Dad, you know. Yeah, bounce back. <laughs> Just bounce back. <laughs> so, Vinny, you use the, use the bounce ability guy in your marketing. But, you know, for you, what exactly is bounce back ability? Uh, bounce back ability um, for me, Chris. I mean, it means a number of different things to different people. It's about coming, overcoming adversity, challenges, setbacks. But essentially, it's bounce back ability is the the skill set, the tools, or the the ideas that you have about how you can quickly move from a situation where things seem to be going in the wrong direction to quickly turn them around and get back to your very best. So it's essentially around turning around your performance. Right, right, and. Uh, in, in, in your performance, I guess that's also, you know, around you know, turning yourself around, making yourself happier. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, so performance means performance in your in your business, in your health, in your relationships, um, in all aspects of your life. So, where you uh, where where your results are, are suffering due to something happening in your life, that's it's the ability to turn that situation around. Yeah. Great. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening today who've had a situation that they weren't expecting suddenly land on them, and uh, hopefully, you know, some of the tips from the show will be will be valuable for that. Now, we have had on this show um, we have Peter Roper, and Peter was talking about bankruptcy, but you know, other unexpected issues can really derail us. I mean, what situations have you seen sort of trip people up and companies, Vinay, that um, you know you've seen in your work? Yeah, so, um, you know, a whole range of things, Chris. I mean, right from um, a sudden loss of a loved one, as you, as you, you talked about in, in, in the introduction. Um, it can be, um, recently I did some work with a, a company where the team was going through a, a huge restructure, which meant that they, they'd been operating in a certain way for, for a number of years, and all of a sudden the company decided to restructure teams and centralise operations, and, and people were having all sorts of reactions to that kind of thing. Uh, and, and companies as well, you know, uh, businesses that, um, have been successful for a number of years and suddenly there's a, a new entrant or some competition or something happens and, and their business suddenly takes a turn for the worse. Um, I've been working with a, a small business uh, recently that's coming up to its 20th year, um, but they've almost were facing uh, the difficult decision about maybe having to close a business because things had taken a turn for the worse. It's actually, it's a really... <laughs> You know, lovely angle this actually, isn't it? Because it's uh, it's an angle that can affect us personally. But it's, so it, but it's far more than just personal development. It's actually about you know, you know, also turning businesses around when things go wrong. Absolutely, yeah. So, do, do you want to share with us, you know, your, your story, that story that you shared with me in my living room, <laughs> and, uh, which I won't forget because I wasn't expecting what you shared, and you know, maybe help people understand why this subject is just so 
comes from your heart. Yeah. Um, well, as, as you said, Chris, um, uh, I've had several curveballs, if you want to put it that way, in my life. And probably the, the, the biggest one or the, the, the catalyst of the first one was on my wedding day. You know, um, I'm the eldest of three boys. Um, my family was looking forward to the, a big, fat Indian wedding, as you like to call it, you know. Um, and everything seemed to be going just the way it was. My career hit a bit of a purple patch. I was, I was doing well in the corporate world and all of those things. And um, just suddenly... Um, on the morning of the wedding, uh, my mum had fallen ill, and it turned out that she'd uh, contracted a lethal strain of meningitis. Um, and at the time, the paramedics didn't quite know what it was um, when they came to the house, and they pretty much, you know, said, "Well, we think it could be anything, so we'd run in for some tests. So why don't you carry on to the to the wedding, and uh, we'll take her for some tests, and hopefully she'll join you later." But unfortunately. That was the last time I saw her alive because by the time the wedding was over, she was um, on a life support machine, all her organs had failed. And my first decision as a 25-year-old newly married man was um, when we switched off the life support machine. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, and then, <laughs> and then um, obviously the years and months that followed were some of the darkest times, but also some of the most defining times in terms of me as a person. Uh, overcoming those challenges, um, uh, we decided, my wife and I, that um, we maybe would look to start to try for a family. Uh, we, we thought that the, the pitter-patter of tiny feet would be good for, for us, for the family, and uh, we, want, we wanted to have something positive to move on with, and um, not for the want of trying, we just couldn't get pregnant. And um, we decided to seek help from uh, some facility specialists, and um, we were put on a fertility program, and... Um, we amazingly at the first shot we we got pregnant not just pregnant but we managed to get pregnant with twins and again uh, things seemed to be going perfectly well we thought we were moving forward life seemed to be taking a turn for the better uh, and then 19 weeks into the pregnancy uh, my wife was diagnosed with a condition um, which meant that the pressure of carrying the twins was uh, was having a great impact on her body she had a weak cervix she went to an early labor and we ended up losing the twins just just the wrong side of the, the mark where the doctors could have got involved and, and tried to save them. So around 20, 21 and a half weeks, we lost uh, twin babies. Following year, we lost uh, another, and then we weren't able to conceive again. Um, and all that heartache and all that trying, and you know, you're kind of looking at, looking at the man up in the sky and thinking, what kind of hand have you dealt me? Um, in between, there was some redundancy, some work challenges, business challenges, and all sorts, all sorts of things. And um, it was a, just an amazing act of unconditional love that turned my life around. Um, my wife's brother and uh, his wife have three children already. And um, they called us and told us that they were pregnant for the fourth time. Uh, but this child was unplanned. It was unexpected. And they weren't in a position to bring up another, another child. So um, they asked us if we'd adopt. And um, after lots of consideration, we decided to do just that. And she was called India. Yeah, that's right. She was born <laughs> on the 15th of August, and, uh, which happens to be Indian Independence Day. So we called her India. Um, and, you know, what, <laughs> it, just, it was one of those things that was just meant to be, I guess. And it worked out quite nicely for the book as well, because being able to call it a passage <laughs> to India seemed to work out perfectly. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, you must have, you must have felt I mean, the probability of losing your mum on your wedding day 
you know, what what are the odds for that happening? Pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, you must. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean you're, you know, you say your life was in turmoil after that for quite a, quite a while. But I mean, what sort of things were going through your head? Well, there, there are all manner of things. I mean, like I said, I was I was 25 at the time. Um, you know, and, and when it happened, it was well. This isn't supposed to happen. It's not in the script. You know, this is this isn't this is supposed to happen in the movies to other people. It's not supposed to happen to me. And um, you know, there were a whole range of emotions because obviously having to switch off the life support machine, there were there were feelings of guilt. Um, you know, you're thinking, what if? What if? I, what if we hadn't done that? Would she have survived? Would it have made any difference? Feelings of anger, frustration, uh, feelings of confusion, overwhelm, lost. It was just it was just like a cocktail. Uh, of um, of emotions and um, at times it was difficult to deal with all of that uh, and to really focus on, on moving forward. You know, there were there were times where you just didn't have the energy or the motivation to want to do anything. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really difficult time. Hmm. So so we've just got a couple of minutes for now before we go to commercial break. Um, but you know, if you were to distill just into a few key points the the key learnings that you had through those experiences, what would they be? Well, Chris, I've taken those learnings and um, experiences I've had and developed them into seven key principles, uh, which I use to help people bounce back, and they they form part of my book um, within this. So um, I've put them together in, in a in a in a sort of I guess a set, like I say, a set of principles uh, that can help people to deal with those challenges and situations in a more effective way. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll have a commercial break now, and then we'll come back and let Vinay, then you can share the several, seven principles with us. So we'll be uh, back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. 
Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm with Vinay Palmer, and we're talking about uh, bouncing back with impact, about turning challenging situations into fabulous opportunity. And Vinay just shared with us his story. And uh, maybe like me, you, I should imagine you probably found it quite moving what happened to Vinay, but we've got to remember that you know, there's a great outcome with the passage to India. Um, Vinay, before the break, we just... We're sort of moving on to the seven principles and the key learnings that you'd had from that experience. So you know, would yeah. you like to share those with us? And then maybe what we'll do is talk about a few of them in a bit more detail. Sure, sure. So there is, uh, your results are defined by your decisions and not your conditions. Uh, then there is you see the world how you see it, not how it is. Then I talk about purpose first and plan second. And we talk about the virtue of patience. Uh, then we have um, love your family, choose your peer group, change your route and not your destination, and forgive and learn to let go. Great. Well, let, let's uh, let's chat about a few of those. I've probably, I'm not sure whether we'll get through them all, but uh, let's start from the beginning. I sort of noted down that you talked about your results not being defined by your decisions. Not, so your results are defined by your decisions and not your conditions. Now, yeah. you know, what do you mean by that, Vinay? I think often, often in life, particularly when challenging situations arise, we can point to everything outside of us for the reason that we end up where we are. So we can look outside for this happened to me, therefore I can't do this. This is, ha- this is happening in my life, therefore I can't do that. These people over here are behaving this way towards me, so I can't do that. And really, until you take total responsibility for everything that happens in your life, you can't really begin to move forward. And when I say total responsibility, it sometimes challenges people. I have to get, well, hang on a second. Are you saying that I have to take total responsibility? So the first time I heard it, it was like, well, hang on a second. Are you saying that I have to take responsibility for my mother's death? And it's not so much that. It's not the responsibility or the blame for the, what happened. But it's, um, it's about taking responsibility for what you do with it. And when you do that, you put yourself in a more empowering position because it's suddenly you making the decisions and you deciding how you deal with these things, uh, as opposed to being, I guess, a victim of your circumstances. So that's this sort of principle that that you decide, yeah, and and you you choose how you how you interpret that and how you move forward with it. Completely, yeah. You ch- you choose the meaning which you give it. You choose how you move forward with it. You choose how you interpret it, um, and it is absolutely down to you. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really the, you know, the, the case in many situations, isn't it, with, with humanity, is that we're kind of meaning machines. We you know, only have to listen to conversations and people are making all sorts of things mean all sorts of things. I mean, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, probably all of us listening to this have had a situation where maybe we've said something and someone's taken the complete opposite meaning or a different meaning, what we'd never, never expected them to have taken from our words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess that, you know, in these kind of situations, all those sorts of things are going on in your mind. All, there's lots of clutter. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And then when you, when you take the total responsibility for how you feel about something, it's you that's in control then of your emotions and what you then do with it. Mm. So, so how about then you see the world how you see it and not how it actually is? Yeah, this is, um, this, this is one of my favourite principles and it's um when i first uh, started to explore this further and, and first started to read about how this stuff works um it's really the 
it's really the, the assumption that, oh, sorry, it's really the premise that we all see the world from behind a set of lenses that we develop through our lifetime, through our experiences, our values, our beliefs, um, all the things that happen to us in life. We develop this set of lenses and we view the world through them and make our assumptions about how the world should be through these lenses. And um, we become so conditioned to looking at it that way that often when things happen, um, those lenses only give us one view. Suddenly something happens and we say, well, it must be that way. But actually the world isn't the way that you see it. Um, it's, that's not the whole world. You're only seeing it through a particular set of lenses. And when you learn about the filters that we adopt as human beings and you learn that actually you're seeing the world the way you are because of your experiences and you can step back, you suddenly gain more perspective on the things that are happening to you. You, you, you're able to see opportunities where maybe they weren't there previously. You're able to see challenges differently. You're able to see obstacles differently uh, and you can see ways in which you can move forward from them um, more powerfully. Yeah. Um, I, just, I guess does that to, to be able to see that different perspective and i've sort of heard this in in the language of nlp we had david shepherd on a few weeks yeah. ago they, they talk talking about the map your map is not the territory you know your your map of the world may actually be different to the real map because <laughs> yeah. um, it's you, i guess you put it through these uh, these lenses so is it therefore helpful in those situations maybe to seek someone else out to give you a different perspective yeah, seeking somebody else out, looking at it from somebody else's perspective, quite literally, you know, taking a look at it from somebody else's perspective. It's important to get those, but, but being open to those different perspectives, because sometimes we can become so fixated on the world being how it is. And that's often, that's often the source of so much um, conflict and frustration uh, when we get so fixed on it being a particular way. Yeah. So, so I guess, from that, you know, maybe an exercise, if you're seeing something in a particular way and you feel quite strongly about it, maybe actually look at the opposite, perhaps, and write down the opposite and then have a think about how that might also be true. Is that how, how you could maybe help shift your perspective and see things from a different angle? Yeah, you can do that. Um, you can also look at it from, you can also um, take two or three people that you know well. And just ask yourself, if they were looking at the situation, how, they don't even have to be in the room with you, but if they were looking at the situation, how might they see it? You know, what, what, would, what, they, what might they see that you're not currently seeing? Um, and that can also help you too. That's good. So maybe what people can do is listen to, listening to you is think actually, uh, you know, how, how would Vinay see it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, how would Vinay see it in this situation? Uh, maybe that yeah. might, might help. How would Vinay see it? How would Chris see it? How would Steve Seabold see it? Um, all these people will, will have a different, a completely different map of the world. I find that very interesting, actually. I mentioned earlier I, I had uh, watched uh, Billy Schwer again speaking, and of course he's, you know, he's a he's a tough guy, and his principles mm. are, are, are tough. And you know, it made me think actually in some of the situations that I operate in, could I be a bit tougher? Could I uh, go out fighting, you know, go out fighting a bit more? And, uh, and actually at the end of that, I thought actually maybe sometimes I'm in these situations, I think, well, you know, I also take the perspective on how would Billy do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so good idea that I think, uh, Vinay. So uh, how about, um, how about, I'm, I'm interested, you said purpose first, plan second. Yeah. So purpose, pl purpose first, plan second is all about it. So sometimes we can be so um, 
focus on just doing things. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a plan of action in place. We're taking massive action into stuff. But unless we have a clear purpose, unless we have a clear understanding of why we're doing something, um, the plan doesn't really, doesn't really serve us well. Um, and when I talk about purpose, I talk about it in, in two ways. So there is, um, purpose attached to motivation and purpose attached to inspiration. The motivational purpose is sometimes formed from a place of obligation. So, for example, um, in moving from my situation when my mum died to moving forward, there was an obligation thing. I was the th- oldest of three boys. Um, my obligation was to look after my family, to make sure that my dad was okay. And that carried me forward um, a certain number of paces. But like a firework, after a while, just like motivation, it fizzles out. But the secondary or the, the more powerful purpose when it's attached to inspiration is kind of a, the only way I can describe it is where motivation is something that's kind of pushing you along. Inspiration is something that pulls you towards it. So when you find purpose, a, re- a real true reason for doing something, that pulls you towards it rather than you having to be pushed towards it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, is that maybe about creating a, a new vision of the future? That, that actually inspires you, so you start living into that vision yeah, rather, that it's, rather than yeah. your, your present conditions. That's right, yes. Yeah. So you start to create a, a compelling vision of the future. Um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, you know, I have, I have uh, you know, a lot of, lots of goal-setting um, experts and people will have you to write down, write down your vision and write down those things. And, and sometimes I think in writing it down, it can lose some of its meaning because – what happens is you try to construct it in language to describe how you're feeling on the inside. And when you put it down on paper, the words don't always reflect what it is that you're feeling on the inside. So I'm a big advocate for just being really in tune with what it is that, um, what it is that you feel your vision is too, and not just having to write it down as a sort of a, a set of, a set of words on a page. That's really, really interesting. I, I, I get what you're saying because sometimes things are almost beyond words. If that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> yeah, they are. And sometimes you have, to, you have to reach for words to try and describe what it is you do. And you know how it is sometimes when you have an experience and you try to describe it to somebody else and they don't get it the same way as you get it because the language you've used doesn't quite get it out in the way that you want it. And then if you ever, you know, sometimes when you describe this amazing holiday destination that you've been on and you come back all excited and you try and describe it to your friends and they're all like, oh, yeah, okay, but not as excited as, or as enthused as you are. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've had this, Vinay, but I've, I've been on a few courses in the past when I've come back on cloud nine and I, yeah. try and explain, I explain it to somebody and actually it's, it's just irritating to them. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've lost, lost the plot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we've got about three minutes to commercial break. I'll, I'll pick another one. How about uh, love your family, choose your peer group? Yeah, this is um, uh, a really important one too. And um, I-, I talk about this in my book as the cheerleading squad and your crack commando unit. So your family uh, are like your cheerleading squad. They don't want any harm to come to you. They love you. They want to protect you. And in your moment of triumph, they'll shake their pom-poms and they'll be there to support you in all your successes. But often what happens is when, when life takes um, uh, you know, a wrong turn or a curveball thrown towards you, um, your family don't always know uh, how to help you to get over that. You know, the best they can do is put their arm around you, maybe make you a cup of tea or, or uh, buy you a stiff drink and, and just say, you know, hey, better next time or don't worry, things will get better. But your peer group is more of a, a specially selected crack commando unit, people that you've chosen to surround yourself with, people that have um, 
tools, ideas, um, uh, levels of success that you want to aspire to. And as much as just as your family, they'll support you in your successful times. When things aren't going quite as you want them to, when challenges appear, your peer group will be much more um, equipped to help you with tools. They'll be asking, they'll be talking to you about how you can move things forward and they'll be much more prepared, sorry, much more skilled and, and, and much more um, kind of tooled up to help you move forward. Yeah, I, with with fa- with family, sometimes they I guess they often want to support you and empathise with you. Mm. Uh, I, I sometimes find they may want to like to keep you a little bit like you are, not in terms of being suffering, but maybe can, can hold you back if you've got a big vision because yeah. they, you know, they they they're just trying to help you, but within their with their sphere. But I think in these situations, sometimes it's helpful having actually having somebody who can also say things like, you know, just get your act into order, <laughs> get your boots yeah. on, get outside, you know, who can actually maybe uh, bring a different perspective. Yeah, it's like when, if, you, if you're going to exercise, there's a difference between going running with a member of your family and going running with a personal trainer. One's going to push you far, far more than the other. It's, yes, absolutely. It's funny you should say that. I met someone this morning. Uh, who I, I know uh, locally, I was actually out walking my dog, and he said, I'm going to do this 16-mile um, kind of run, uh, dirt run through mud and what have you, and I need to get fit. And I said to him, well, do you fancy a, a fitness partner? And we both agreed we're going to get up at like 5 in the morning, and, you know, I will get up if I've got someone to do it with. Yeah. But I put on my own, I'm probably unlikely to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least to stay warm in bed, so... That's yeah, it. it kind of other people help. Well, we're going to go to, to uh, a commercial break again. We should be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if you were able to make extra money in your free time? Okay, we hear that all the time. But High Yield is all about finding investment strategies that have proven results. Your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds, will bring you the insider tips that will help create double-digit yields and give you the quality of life you want, despite a troubled economy. Just keep your mind open and listen every week for High Yield with Frank and Dave. Fridays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. 
Hi, this is Chris Cooper, bmortimore.com and cc1consultant.com. And yeah, uh, if you've got any comments on the show, I'd love to hear from you. It's always great to get uh, uh, get input and get ideas and thoughts and feedback. So and thank you to those people who, who do do that on a regular basis. But uh, love to hear from you. Um, Vinay, we were talking about um, some of your your principles before the break. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, what what are your kind of key words of advice when maybe people are feeling very, very negative about a situation that's about to happen. Maybe it's uh, just about to get maybe done or something like that. But, you know, feeling very, very negative. Uh, and um, how can they maybe turn that into a positive? I think the, the key thing is where your focus is. So often um, when um, something like a redundancy or something like that comes up, we can we can focus our attention so far ahead of all the different connotations of things that may happen, you know, um, and, and we, can, we can almost work ourselves into a state um, that just drives that negative feeling. So that once we're in there, everything we think about seems to drive out a negative outcome. Um, so I think first and foremost is to see the situation as it is and, and not worse or better than it is. It's just it's a situation that's occurred. And then at one step at a time, look at so as bad as the situation might be, what within here, what within the situation is something I can work with? What's one positive thing that I can do or what's a step forward I can take, no matter how small that might be, um, to help move things forward? So with redundancy, it may be that a positive step may be to um, work with somebody and to, uh, you know, I guess, update your CV maybe. Or perhaps it's to go and talk uh, to a mentor or a colleague, uh, somebody that you respect about the, the you know impending redundancy, and, and just get some get you know get a different perspective kind of shift. But I think it re- really does come down to what you focus on. I know there's that old that as old saying, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, uh, and and every situation, no matter how grim, um, does have a positive. It's not always apparent immediately, um, but but as time goes by, you can. You know, if I relate to my mom's passing um as much as it was painful at the time i look back on that now and i see that as a huge um sort of catalyst for what i do now had she probably had she not gone when she did i wouldn't be doing what i am doing right now i'd probably still be um tapping numbers into a keyboard in my in my corporate (laughs) in my corporate job (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah sometimes it can be kind of a kind of a gift in disguise i guess i mean yeah. a lot of a lot of people who seem to like yourself you know make a end up making a you know they're living in their life and uh I, what you do is very very worthy um so yeah, if you can do worthy work and you can earn a living from it as well mm-hmm. that's got to be great yeah yeah i mean do, do you find one thing i just wonder with with you you know with your story i mean do you find it healing or do you find it you know, challenging, kind of repeating the story regularly? Uh, it's an interesting question. It's funny because I'd just been doing a talk uh, a couple of days ago and somebody asked me a similar question. I think when I first started to talk about it in the manner which I do now, um, there was a bit of healing in there. But but now it's, um, I guess, um, I, I, I speak about it so much that I've almost become, I don't want to use the, the word, I think it, I don't know, I can't think of the right word right now, but almost desensitized emotionally to some of the stuff, particularly when I'm speaking about it. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, um, how, do you th- how do you think people should handle it when they go- you know, they're going through issues that are clearly impacting their work? 
should you should you talk about it at work? Should you take someone aside? I mean, how, how do you how do you deal with that? I think it depends on a on a couple of key things. I think um, it depends on what kind of organisation you're working in. So there are s- certain companies that have um, a more open culture where that can be that can be quite easily done. Other businesses have different cultures where it doesn't feel that you can do that. Um, and then also, I think it depends on what the issue is. You know, if it's something that's quite apparently um, affecting um, your your work at work, um, then there may be more of a, a more of a case for you to talk to somebody at work about it. If it's depending on where you are in the business, I know we were we were chatting about um, examples of you know, for, for example, when you know, I guess when Steve Jobs, um, you know, discovered that he was ill. Um, you know, he made a decision of, to tell certain people in the organisation and, and maybe not tell everyone immediately and all those kind of things. So I think it depends on what the impact of that might be. I don't think there's a right and wrong answer, but I think the, the one key thing is is that the absolute not thing to do is to just keep it all bottled in and not speak to anybody about it. It may be that you choose to speak to somebody trusted outside of the workplace or somebody that may be not be a direct colleague, um, but talking about it uh, is, is always going to help, I think. I remember I started a new job, uh, probably th- it was the biggest corporate job that I'd I'd had, obviously, obviously at the time. Uh, and within three months, of the sort of five of my uh, elder members of my family died one by one, and it was uh, quite challenging to start a new job. And that happened immediately mm. once you'd started. So it was, you know, I need some time time off to, by the way, to go. What you do? I'm going to a funeral. <laughs> I need some time off to go to a funeral. Uh, yeah. And I think one of the, the, I did sit down, I did talk to obviously one or two of my colleagues and shared that with them. But I think for me, the real turning point with it was somebody said to me one day, I came in and I was on a Monday morning, they said, who have you finished off this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that. That was actually uh, such a helpful comment. Yeah. <laughs> Some people that would have been completely inappropriate, but for yeah. me that. Uh, that really helped. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well humour is often humor's often a great healer too. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so we um, back in one of your lists was it quite a, the list that you gave earlier? I mean, you talked about the virtue of patience. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by the virtue of patience? Uh, what I mean by that is that um, often. Um, we can seek immediate results. So sometimes um, bouncing back isn't a case of um, one day I'm here and tomorrow I'm over here. Um, it can take a period of time for you to to really kind of sort yourself out, to to be in the right place and stuff like that. And the virtue of patience, particularly in business challenges, is you know often we can be so we can be so kind of uh, I guess turned off by if we're not seeing immediate results in what we're doing. Um, that we can we can quickly give up and move on. Where actually, if we just stayed the path, if we just kept going, if we just kept um, that focus, and we were a little bit more patient, the results would start to come across. You know, there's that there's that famous um, analogy people use of of, of bamboo, um, and how this um, this farmer had um, had planted bamboo in a field and he was cultivating the land and after after one year nothing had happened after two years nothing had happened he wasn't seeing any results and eventually after the fourth year he, he gave up and gave the land to the to the people that were farming it for him and in the fifth year the bamboo shot up six feet because it takes that long you know all that time it had been growing underground but he couldn't see the fruits of his labor um, and he and he'd given up just before he was about to see 
um, the big results and, and often, you know, that happens in, in, in our challenges. You know, we, we give up before we see the, uh, the results come through. Oh, that's a great, great analogy. That's so famous, that example. That's the, that, that, that is the first time I've ever heard it. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard the analogy, the two feet from gold story uh, quite yeah. a lot, but I've never heard that one. Um, yeah. But ab- absolutely true. Things take time, don't they? They do. Uh, sometimes. And, and, we, you... and we just, yeah, and we just live, I, I mean, particularly in today's world, we live in such a, um, such a, a fast-paced world. You know, I remember... Uh, in '96, I'd just started working for a, a new, a new bank here in the UK, and, and at the time, um, First Direct, which was an, another bank here, had, had you know set up a 24-hour-a-day banking telephone banking service. And I remember thinking in 1996, who on earth would want to ring their bank at you know two o'clock in the morning to find out what their balance was? And you know, of course, people do now, and you know, emails are answered these you know instantly. And we you know we, we have such a different we have such an expectation that things should happen straight away um and it's not always the case you know we, we have to learn to be more patient about um about getting the results that we want i mean don't you think that's uh, an interesting subject here when you, you think about kind of business planning and uh, i don't know if you've experienced it in some of the companies you've worked for whereby you know they have to hit certain numbers by a certain time but the reality yeah. is if they just waited a bit and gave yeah. it another couple of months then yeah. you know, those seeds they'd planted would have had time to grow yeah absolutely yeah, mm. totally agree. Mm. Mm. Um, so, how about uh, change change route and not your destination? Yeah, this is this is linked back to the the virtue of uh, patience uh, one as well a, a little bit, I guess. Uh, and what I'm talking about here is um, uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a law in physics called the law of requisite variety, uh, and what that talks about is is that in any single system, uh, the the organism with the most flexibility will always win. Uh, and if you only have one way of doing things, um, when that one way doesn't work anymore, you're going to become unstuck. And so rather than changing um, your your destination or where it is you want to head, if you change your route towards there, if you look at different options and different ways of getting there, you're, you're more likely to get there um, than just having one sort of, you know, one way of doing things. Um, you know, so for example, you know, uh, most people today rely on their sat nav. They punch just they punch the so, uh, the postcode in, and off they go. And the sat nav's great because if you have a you know if there's an there's an accident on the highway or the or the motorway, uh, it will reroute you, and you can use a different way uh, to get to where you want to get to. But I remember back in the back in the uh, back in the old days when my family and I would venture off to to weddings across the UK, you know, we come from a big Indian family and we used to have lots of weddings and my dad had the old 80s head out in his lap um, and we'd, we'd be driving along and we'd, you know, and if that, the route in the 80s head that we'd planned wasn't there anymore, we'd have to pull over and, and replan another one and, and ask people directions and all that kind of thing to try and get to where it is, to try and get to where it is that we wanted to get to. It's a very different, very different having a sat nav now compared to sitting there with a, a map book. Somebody yeah, in the passenger seat. <laughs> That's it. It's amazing how we've we've come on. Yeah. Um, very good. So uh, the final um, principle, we've just got a couple of minutes before commercial break, was forgive and learn to let go. Yeah, yeah, um, and that is really around. You know, we can hold on to so much stuff in life. You know, um, there's, there's there's one thing that we know about the past, and that is once it's happened, you cannot change it. There's nothing you can do to go back, unless somebody's invented a DeLorean that will 
drive at 88 miles an hour and send us back in time uh, to back to the future. There's, there's nothing that we can do. Once it's gone, it's gone. Um, and often we can become so fixated on an event in the past that it starts to eat us emotionally alive. And until we can, until we can forgive, often the most difficult person to forgive is ourselves in, in all of that. Until we can forgive ourselves, um, we can't often move forward. It's like, um, there's a, there's a great, um, uh, this great analogy I saw somebody using. Uh, they, uh, there was a speaker that pulled out um, a black roller bag when they were out on, um, on, on stage once, and they were talking about how people carry luggage around with them everywhere they go, you know, stuff from their past. Um, and suddenly, you know, some people carry you know, several of these things around, and it's no wonder they can't move forward. Um, so we have to learn to, to forgive. And that's not about, um, you know, um, not, that's not about, um, you know, necessarily letting other people off the hook it's just about forgiving them that situation happened you made the decision you made at the time and you did the best that you could possibly do but you have to learn from what's happened there um, and learn to let go otherwise otherwise it will keep eating you from the inside out great well i'm interested to explore that a little further after the break about how you actually do that so we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes and we will um continue that conversation so business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Vinay Palmer. We're talking about bouncing back with impact. And Vinay, we, before the break, you talked about, we talked about forgiving and forgetting. And uh, I meet so many people who have got things from the past that they're still struggling to kind of deal with and to and to, to forgive for maybe they've been made redundant or they've been, you know they've been fired or uh, and it was unfair or uh, you know they're, so they're struggling to forgive what happened and to forget what happened mm. what's your what's your thoughts on that what are the 
techniques and ideas that you have to to put things behind you. Yeah, well, well, Chris, you know, when, when things change, people do have a tendency to hold on to that past. You know, they become they can become paralysed. They can be you know, sort of caught up in those past feelings and sometimes they even develop a signature story that they like to tell everybody uh, about what this thing that happened to them and how that's defining everything that's going on in their life. And I think the thing, as we said before the break, the thing about the past is you're not going to change what's happened. You can only change your relationship. And there are a bunch of techniques um, that, you know, we, we can maybe talk about uh, another time, you know, the, probably not got enough time to talk about them on here, things like timeline therapy and, and, and different models of therapy that we can work with people to help them do that. But one quick way I think um, that can really help you is to adopt what I call the perspective of a student. And what I mean by that is to do two things. First, understand that whatever you did at the time, you did, uh, there, was a, there was a positive intention behind it, no matter how small that positive intention may be. And then to look at it and say, so, but but if I look at that situation, what are the positive lessons that I can take from it and apply to my life today so that I get be better results going forward? So looking back at the situation, whether it's redundancy or whether it's falling out with somebody or whether it's, um, you know, uh, an argument you've had with somebody in the past that's, that's, that's affecting you. But looking at that and say, but what are the positive lessons that I can take from there? No matter how small that positive lesson may be and what can I bring forward to today? to help me to get better results. I, I remember an exercise. I, I went on a course, I don't know if you, you've done this, Vinay, but it was called Landmark. Many years ago, I was about 28, and it really changed my life, actually, and was very, very helpful for the, for the future. And one of the things that they did was, and I remember having, I had a story, it was to do with, having been with a girlfriend for a number of years and she she had this uh, affair with a, a managing director of a company and, yeah. uh, and suddenly <laughs> we, we went together and yeah. I was all bitter and twisted about it and they put me through, put us through this exercise and it absolutely worked to treat with me because what you had to do was you had to tell that story uh, over and over again to somebody and their role initially was to listen but then you told the story again and they had to laugh and yeah. you had to keep, keep on laughing through it and yeah uh, and although extremely infuriating for a start, what gradually started to happen, you know, you moved to a place where eventually you started to laugh as well. And it kind yeah. of scrambled it up in your head. It just, you know, cause, and you started to realize the silliness about the thing that you were holding in was only your kind of point of view. Yeah. And, and for me, that scrambled it. It was never the same again after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it, if you're brave enough, maybe tell your story to somebody <laughs> and get them to laugh. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's got to be something you agree with uh, them doing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but maybe it doesn't quite work with bereavements and that sort of things. But yeah. in my situation, it worked a treat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are there are lots of those things that we can we can, you can use in in different in different contexts, and it depends it depends obviously on what the what the thing is um, as to which one is uh, best suited, I guess. So we, t we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, maybe sharing whether you should share this or your story or not. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're an employer, uh, how do you best support an employee who you, you know they've got a problem, but they're not either not talking about it or, or you're wondering, you know, should I address the issue with them? Uh, how do you best go about that? Because sometimes it's quite difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. And, um, you know, some people uh, may not want to talk about it at work. I think as an employer, uh, when you have, when you have people working, when you have people working for you in that way, um, creating a, a culture or a, creating, um, a sort of a, 
making it safe for people to talk about that kind of stuff at work is, is an important thing. You know, there was, we were talking earlier on before the show about um, some of the stats from the Institute of Management that talk about 270,000 270, days a year are lost um, as a result of work-related stress. And one of the biggest causes of work-related stress, of course, is, is change and, and things that impact people in the workplace. And, and so as an employer, it does really have a bottom-line impact when you can help people to talk about situations that are affecting their performance um, and allow them to express themselves and, and to seek help uh, in, in bouncing back or to uh, in, in, in turning around their performance, because that's, that's going to benefit you in that way too. But I think it starts with you making it making it okay to talk about um to talk about that kind of stuff work i remember um one of my one of the companies i worked for a few years ago was egg and we you know we used to have this whole thing about bringing more of yourself to work um you know you're not just a number in a cog but bringing more of your personality and who you are to work and but in order for that to happen there has to be you know a certain type of leadership there has to be a certain type of culture which enables people to want to do that and to feel comfortable doing that mm. and i and i guess some People are who are more extroverted are more happy about talking about their feelings, and some people who are more internalised are less happy about it, less comfortable with it. Tend to keep a bit more to themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and often it's it's I guess it's you know yeah I guess it's that cliche of you know the it's a, the quiet ones are the ones to watch, and, and sometimes those people that don't say a lot and, and do keep it inside they can be the ones that are, you know, having the hardest time dealing with it because they're not expressing themselves um, and talking to somebody about it and, and you know, um, and getting help with, with situations that might be impacting on their their performance or their decision-making ability or whatever the, whatever those, or their productivity or whatever those things are. Um, so as, as a, I guess as a, a leader or manager, it's important that you know your team and you, you can pick up people's personalities and you, and when you sense that there's something there that you're 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 open enough to go and just approach and and check in to make sure everything's okay. Mm. So, so what you know if, I guess if the you know, the performance is suffering or you 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 do it purely from a, the point of caring then you know a, a, approach people openly and supportively and yeah. And work around the response. Yeah, I mean, but pe- people don't just stop performing because they stop performing. People normally stop performing to the to the levels they have them because something's changed, and it, you know, it's a clue. Uh, quite so, so. It's it's such a um, you know, I've seen so often uh, people in the workplace that have uh, suddenly go uh, suddenly stop performing the way they were. They don't talk about what's really going on, and then they end up going down the HR route and being, you know, taken down to disciplinary. And then it comes, and then it's you know, at the eleventh hour, that suddenly it comes out that this thing's happening at home that's impacting their their work. And if they'd, if they'd only spoken about that upfront, then maybe they would have been offered more support. Then maybe they wouldn't have got down to the you know to the sort of sort of the last stages of a, a disciplinary, or maybe they wouldn't have been fired. Um, you know. Mm. So what are the key messages you'd like to leave us with? Uh, today, I think the, the key message is really, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't really matter um, in life, you know, how, um, what happens to you. It's, it's how you deal with it, really, that's the key thing. And I know, again, that's, that's sort, of, sort of cliche. But for me, it's, it's rung true so much. Um, and, um, you know, if you can, in any situation, doesn't matter how bad it is, there's always a way back. It, it, it might be, it might be painful. It might not be immediate, but the, the first part of the, the, 
the first part of the jigsaw is taking that responsibility to go, okay, so what am I going to do about this? How can I turn this around? Um, and really start to look at what help do I need and, and accessing that support that can, that can turn things around for you. But the, but the key message is no matter how bad it gets, there's always a way back. Vinay, uh, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for inviting me along. You're very welcome. Uh, if you want to find out more information about uh, Vinay, uh, go to uh, Vinay. Uh, palmer.co.uk and uh, I'll just spell that for you Vinay is V-I-N-A-Y-P-A-R-M-A-R dot co.uk and there'll be more information about uh, Vinay and what he does and I'm sure there'll be some helpful stuff on there as well so uh, do check that out if you've got any questions or feedback please send them to me to chris at bemorechimor.com or to my Facebook page facebook.com dot com slash be more achieve more so it's always great to hear from you uh, next week as i mentioned we've got uh, andrew mcmenemy um andy is the ultra marathon runner and but uh, beat an incredible world record um, which was set by dean canassas uh, of the united states who'd done 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 cities and andy at the age of 50 did 66 ultra marathons in 66 days in 66 cities so it really raised the bar and also with him is uh, simon hartley a sports psychologist and an expert on world-class performance so been a pleasure to talk with you today and uh, look forward to speaking to you again next week <music> for listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel enjoy your week we'll be right back.